Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 576. It's our Friday Roundtable Show. You can join us on the WP Tonic Facebook page and join the, the, the discussion live or view us as we bicker and give truth to the Facebook and tech stories of the week. Um, I've got a great panel. I've got some, I think I've rustled up some good stories. I think it could be a good show. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves and then we're going to go straight into it. So Heather, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Yes. Hi, I'm Heather Wild-Renzi. I am the uh, Unicorn Whisperer and Digital Solutions Lead of The Difference. Difference. I do like that. Uh, Vito, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Vito. I'm the founder of Atarim.io. We help uh, web freelancers and agencies deliver projects fast and streamline their communications with their clients and with their team. Great. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, I'm Sally Getch, the WP Fangirl, organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup, and currently just barely getting acquainted with consciousness. There we go. And got John. John, would you like to introduce yourself? And John, SEO consultant from LockdownSEO.com. And I got Spencer. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? Not really. <laughs> I'm oh, it's, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. Oh, there we go. Um, before we go into the first story, I wanted to talk about one of our fabulous um, supporters of the show, sponsors of the show, and that's Kinster Hosting. Kinster is a specialized WordPress hosting provider. Um, if you've got a performance site for yourself or for a client, example, WooCommerce, a large membership site, a learning management system, you should be looking at Kinster. They can provide the performance and expertise that you're looking for. I suggest you go over to the site, look at their very competitive plans. I suggest you should buy one. And if you do do that, and please do, tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. It really helps Kinster, and it really does support the show. Your support is much appreciated. So let's go in to the first story. WordPress 5.7 introduces drag drop for blocks, patterns, streamline out. I can't keep uh, this is this title is just bloody too long. Uh, um, Sally, what did you think of this one? Uh, I think it's progress. Uh, I mean, as as, as an article, uh, you know, uh, yes, could could maybe uh, use some uh, uh, editing, but um, it's interesting. I noticed that somebody posted an, an article about some, you know, something small but huge just happened in WordPress. There's finally drag and drop with the blocks, uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, what I've noticed a lot of comments on are uh, the... Uh, I'll tell you, know. you one thing, I'll tell you one thing, Sally. I never, be, I never expected in the beginning of 2021 to still be talking about Gutenberg and the uh, and major updates. I, I thought it was all going to be done and finished with a long time ago. Oh, gosh, this is WordPress. When, when is anything... 
done. Um, I mean, when is anything done on the web? It keeps it keeps changing. Uh, but uh, you know, the I, one- I did expect I did expect to be talking about drag and drop. Well, yes, that seems like like you know, really, it should not have taken uh, that long to uh, 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 to get there. Um, you know, and a lot of the things that are being added in are uh, in terms of the core blocks, and I'm glad they're adding them in. But you know, they've been missing for so long that lots of other people have gone out and created solutions for them. Uh, you know, which is also sort of true about the you know the one click HTTPS. Right. It's like, well, how many websites do I have really simple SSL installed on? And do I need to remove them all now? <laughs> or... I mean, I but... saw I, I saw a sneak peek of uh, Sarah was writing an article for next week's uh, tavern, and the headline read um, with the next update of Gutenberg. Gutenberg is now introducing control C is copy, control V is paste. So I'm pretty wow, excited. Wow, how, rev- yeah. how revolutionary. Copy paste is now going to be included in the next Gutenberg update. So I just wanted to let you guys know that. And it, I sh- you're not supposed to talk about it yet, but just in case you were worried about it, it's coming soon in, t- <laughs> in April. <laughs> First of April, um, this, this, this version of WordPress 5.7 has two major significant things. One, it's the first version in quite some time that didn't break a wrath of plugins, or at least so far so good, which was nice. Um, as far as the HTTPS, it's convenient and probably about time that they got rid of the need for you to fix your SSL with an outside plugin when you, you know, you've got a site that's not using HTTPS. But the block editor stuff, the Gutenberg stuff, I want so much for my relationship with Gutenberg to move to the next level. I really yeah. want to be in a long-term relationship with Gutenberg. And every time I go out to lunch or dinner with it, it keeps disappointing me. It keeps reminding me why I have a nonstop the, uh, with Elementor. Because the, everything I want to do is hard in Gutenberg, where does it's it, just do, so easy. Does it, does it disappoint you as much as I do? Elementor had me at hello. <laughs> and Gutenberg just keeps basically disappointing me by revealing what my relationship long-term with it is going to be like. And I'm just finding this so troublesome that they keep dribbling out things. Instead of having like one big, let's get it all fixed one weekend kind of event, that this is literally a news headline. Drag and drop is a feature? Oh my God. Fixing it all in a weekend is a little bit optimistic. Um, Just saying, come on Come yes, Avito's expression is, is such that uh, we, we I, must hear I, from him. I, I, Drag I, and drop I, is a news I'm, event. I'm getting, to, I'm getting Vito, I'm getting tired with myself. I keep kicking, I keep kicking Gutenberg. It's like kicking an old dog. I, I'm starting there what? to uh Well, read, you know, my, my my husband said once that that you know clearly WordPress has mastered the trick of providing something. So crappy that that introducing a, a you know a very minor usability change gets you applause, um, and uh, this is sometimes true. I remember when they it, when they were launching 3.0 and and finally bringing in the the menu system, literally the the entire room applauded on hearing that because the menus had been such a pain before. Um, 
Hey, can I bring oh, in something sorry. else that I don't can know? I, if we can have bring, you. Wait, can wait, I, hold on. I just want to. I'm very spicy today. Give me a break. I want to bring. I want to bring in another thing that we may or may not have the story on, but it's about Matt Mullenweg going head to head with Ben Pines in public over the copyright issues or the alleged stealing of the names of things that are not actually his, but cl he claims are his because I, I found it amusing that like good for the goose, good for the gander. You can't use the word WordPress or WP a certain way. And that he feels that, you know, the, like the block editor is a thing of it, but here, why not we just call this out what it is? It would be newsworthy if maybe Elementor or somebody goes ahead and tries to copyright drag and drop or, you know, editor. I think, or, I think like Apple would be out there saying, yo, the drag and drop shit, we invented that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that, that would make it interesting because the fact that somebody's doing the thing that is ubiquitous, like it, it, literally, what are we, 21 years into this thing already? I mean, WordPress is 16, 15 years old. It's like, are we really still having a conversation that they can't figure out drag and drop until this late in the game? And the only thing that makes it interesting is that while that's happening, Matt is trying to get into a pissing contest over we own the name or the you know common use name over certain features like this, which is just absurd because they haven't gotten their shit together yet on this. How can he claim he owns it when everybody else has perfected it? Especially Elementor. So I, for one, look forward to that kind of page editing thing of how they they target things on Google and stuff. Is that the point? There was an article I can pull it up that was basically Matt going into one of the channels. I can't remember what I was pissing on Ben Pines about how Elementor was using the marketing terms for Fame, um, SEO. For my for listeners, of, for, for listeners, which competitors do all the time, including each other's names. We so, talked about uh, it last week. I, I have to. Can I? Can I? Can I? Uh, I'm going to insist to interrupt now. We need. I want to get some of the other panelists' points. And first of all, um, Ben Pines will be coming on the show in the near future for a special interview, uh, listeners and viewers, and we will be discussing all that Spencer has brought up as part of the interview. It should be really interesting. Over to you, Vito. Am, oh, I, being really, am I being really cruel to Gutenberg or, or no, is it just... really. You know? like, when it comes to this, it's just a, it's just a tool that is still being, being developed. It's just being developed in public where there's other tools that have already did it. Uh, so, like, I again, I, I, I always come back to the point that I see the need for why Gutenberg became uh, a thing, you know, like in the core of WordPress, and it should should be like that. Um, but 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 I'm still using Elemental, really. I'm on the same boat as Spence. As every time I try, and I try once in a while, um, it's just not. It just doesn't. It can't compete, and I end up installing a bunch of plugins to get basic stuff like drag it and drop, you know. Uh, where in Elemental, I I copy. Uh, they figured out copy. They 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 took copy paste to a new level, you know. When you can like take the whole section and just drop it on a new page uh, with just copy paste. Uh, what I did like about this update is the colors. The new colors are so nice, so nice and smooth, and I think it was well overdue. Uh, so um, yeah, that really got me this week when I was going into our website. And uh, the guys updated it, and I was like, "Oh, something is uh, something feels better." And uh, oh, yeah, thanks, 
advanced. I'm just going to, um, what do you reckon, have I got any view about this? I, I still hate Gutenberg. I still don't use it. And uh, I still turn it off uh, whenever I'm working on a site. There you go. That was straightforward to the point. It's just not ready. Um, it's, uh, they're going to get there, but it's... Uh, that's, that, that's why in the repository, I mean... <laughs> First of all, it says 5 million plus active installs. Now, we don't know if that's 5 or 40 million, but I guarantee you it's more than 5 million. The number one plugin is the, is the classic override plugin. Why? Just like Heather. I mean, I, I get in there and I... Oh, so desperate. Like, oh, let's do it this time with this new car. Let's just try it. Come on, we can do it. And it's like immediately I'm thrown into a, a corner and blindfolded. And there's no different. doubt that when it comes to performance, and especially what we talked just before we went on on uh, uh, we went live, uh, Gutenberg is the way to go. Um, at least at the moment, until the other page builders figure the things out and and get to that same optimization level. It is like blazing fast compared to anything else that is out there, uh, but it's just not usable enough. You know, like the usability is what matters, and we're using strong servers anyway. So the the you know the uh, it's not that we're using like five dollars a month kind of uh, hosts where where the performance matters that much. You know, like when you're using a proper server like this show's uh, sponsor. Go on, Jonathan. Right. Right. Exactly. Huh. Any, so, of the, any of the modern hosts that's not doing varnish caching, jamming these goods. And you know, you bring at one point, not to geek out a little bit, but one of the things we do for people, let's say, who have sales pages, there's a free tool that I'll maybe I'll show today for my advice that makes a one page out of a site. So let's say you've got a need for blazing speed, but you're using Elementor or Divi even at something. You can literally, okay, somebody's literally. You're muted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so some, some of these, some of these movies, I've been wanting to do that for quite a while during this show. It, uh, it um, is your um, power as, as the moderator. I'm going to start using it if he keeps on. <laughs> uh, um, John, let's wrap this up, John. What did you think? You're muted. Yeah. So the, uh, the biggest things that are in this version of WordPress is you can... Uh, you no longer need like a plugin like really simple SSL. You can one-click mixed media from HTTP to HTTPS. Uh, the other thing is they automatically lazy load iframes yeah. uh, like they did for images a couple of versions ago. So those are the biggest things. But yes, I share your pain with Gutenberg. I'm doing a WordPress.com uh, site for a smaller client right now and it is very fast on the front end but um i hate using it it's uh, it's it's terrible i i, I can't stand it well on to the next story then wait wait let me throw this out because the, the the guy was coming to block my driveway needed to tell me that um the, there's a chrome extension it's free called one page what essentially happens, let's say you have a client, you're using a page builder, even Divi, which is really, really, really loaded, but easy. You can essentially take that one page that you've already designed, and as long as it doesn't have any kind of real heavy-duty dynamic stuff, it will generate an HTML block that you just copy that block, put it into Classic Editor, 
it is exactly the page. Or if you want, you can even put it inside your theme template. And the page, even if it was like 14 seconds to load in Divi, it becomes a static, instantly loading page, like one second. So that's the way that we've been doing it in the past. Is it inline the CSS or what? Everything in line, it literally makes this enormous all inline block of HTML, but the browser swallows that and spits it out so fast your eyes spin. And it's as simple as just going to the page and clicking one page. So the point is, in the meantime, rather than worrying about the speed difference of Gutenberg at the expense of like the torment it causes you, build a page the way you want it with your favorite page builder, click one page output on the Chrome extension, stick that into Classic Editor and get on with your life. Yeah, right, that's, that's good. On to the next story. Um, Twitter is reinventing itself. I think this came in, um, did it come from you, Sally? I think um, it did. It 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 did. It's just uh, you know um, people have probably noticed there's been a lot of uh, conversation about Clubhouse, um, and simultaneously there's this Twitter Spaces thing that I've heard about, not done anything with, and then you know uh, super follows. You can you know pay to follow people, and I'm like, yeah, right. Hi. Um, and uh, uh, yes, it's a bizarre kind of thing. Um, uh, and uh, but so it's yes, and they just acquired. So, um, Sally, Sally, do you think this is all linked to a certain um, previous president leaving, um, leaving, being banned from Twitter? You know, the, you know, they they found one of their biggest pushers of activity as being banned from the platform. Do you think it's basically a platform that's still trying to? I think Twitter is still kind of trying to figure out what it wants to be when it grows up, but that's been something it's been doing for a long time. And um, it was as long as Gutenberg. Uh, it, uh, longer than Gutenberg. Twitter's been around far longer than Gutenberg. Um, and uh, you know, it, it feels I, that it feels that way. Actually, I'm not going to interrupt anymore, but it just feels that way. Yes, and so they bought. Um, Review, which is a, a little uh, a newsletter that uh, I've known some people who've done. And I'm not sure how they're planning to sort of weave all of that together. Uh, and, um, and, you know, I'm gonna follow, I think I'm they're gonna, trying to keep up, but um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's like most of these newer things they brought in, I haven't had any interest in. And uh, uh, their naming team has, has got to go with the fleets. Exactly. So, Heather, you know, um, I think there's something there with Twitter, but they just don't seem to be able to, I don't know what really, it's just a sense that it's a bit of a lost sheep, really. You know, it's, is, is it, it what was, am I on the right track or am I being very unfair, Heather? Put me well, right, you, you might have noticed, uh, I mean, like anyone that's on social media, lately um or that has been using it for a while and and people have stopped um interacting like they've stopped hitting the like button they've stopped commenting but that doesn't mean they're stopped consuming um so uh, like i have a lot of followers on instagram i have a lot of followers on on twitter and those are my and i even have a lot of followers on facebook and those are my main um i guess i'm linkedin too but like my, my main thing is, is on Twitter. And, um, just because people aren't like resharing, aren't, aren't, uh, liking your posts. Like if you look in your analytics, there are a lot of views still 
Um, and I think it's because people are, are, are doom scrolling now. Like they're just, they're looking through their, their reading there and, and we're all just kind of, we're burnt out. And so I think what, what Twitter's doing by, by adding these new things, it's, it's for these content creators that, uh, are, are wanting some kind of analytics that, that match up to something that they're used to. Um, they want these subscribers. They want to see this, even on YouTube. Like if you don't do something live, then you're not going to get any views of your videos. Like live is the only way to get views. Like if, if you look at a, a YouTube video that you've posted, um, you probably get like five views, but like, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, but if you watch it live, you could have like 2,000, 3,000 um, to 25,000 viewers live just because people are like, oh, I see this thing right now. And, and you have to capture that attention. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great that Twitter is coming up with all of these things. Like Fleets is, yeah, I mean, it's a weird name, but what else are they going to come up with? They want to have something that rhymes with tweet. And, What's uh, that? I actually lost that. What What is that supposed to do? Uh, they're like um, leading stories. They're little. They're little video bits. And but yeah, I mean, come on. Fleet is like an infamous brand of. Uh, <clears throat> uh, um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a fleeting thought. That's what they meant it to be. Oh, right. Oh, God. It's God. like, psh, you, put, you put it there and it's gone. But that's what Twitter is right away. I mean. I have like, many of so, those, Heather. And I, like, I've, I've experimented with, with using, like, because Twitter is where I put all my stuff, really. Like, I, I barely use my Instagram. Like, my, like, generally, if there's something on Instagram, it's it's because, like, my marketing people put it there for me. So, like, they're like, oh, this was a nice picture I saw on your camera roll. I'm going to put this on Twitter. Yeah, it, must be, it, must be nice, it must be nice to have markets in people. All <laughs> yeah. uh, right, right, there we go. Um, Vito, have you got markets in people? I do. Uh, oh, the other half live. It's the same as Heather. I don't. I haven't been on Instagram for like five years, uh, but I do go on Twitter and I go on Facebook. Uh, so uh, w- what I see here is just a, um, a logical step from Twitter to try and capture some of the lost traffic. Really, like uh, Twitter is uh, like um, it's a distribution platform for content that is generated or being created elsewhere. And it's just being promoted on Twitter. Uh, so why not? Why would they send people out to um, OnlyFans or to uh, a Patreon or uh, this kind of stuff where you're already, people are already monetizing content for years now. Uh, if they, and then they go over to Twitter and tweet, go to my uh, Patreon account and, uh, and uh, you know, sign up over there. So I think it's a logical step to kind of rein it in. And even with the, with, um, uh, you know, with the, um, what's it called? Uh, this latest, uh, latest craze. Clubhouse. 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 Yeah. I, I know a number of people who are, who are quite interested to see what the Twitter spaces evolve into. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I still interact but, on Twitter and Instagram, but I've not even been remotely interested in Clubhouse. No. I've been there for a few uh, a few times. It's just very time consuming, and I I rather like uh, focus on stuff. You know, on actually I, building your company. 
exactly. <laughs> uh, so I know that I have a what a, re- what a revolutionary so I, idea. Uh, I'm, I'm meeting you guys at 4.30, so I'll be there. But I'm not going to check whenever Jonathan is, goes online and, oh, I got to stop everything and, and watch it, you know, because it's going to be gone. Uh, so uh, it's not really much of a platform for me. God, I'm so upset. I'm, I'm so upset, Vito. Well, for, you, I, for you, I would. Um, oh, thank you, Vito. <laughs> thank you. Um, John, what, I just think, I don't, what do you reckon, John? I just sometimes, you know, I, I, I don't do that much on Twitter because I, I feel... I feel I'm too spread out thin as it is. I'm trying to improve, do more YouTube, John. I'm trying to build up this Facebook group. When Spencer, who said he was going to really help me, he's not been helping me on the group that much. Get, get, get on with it, Spencer, for God's <laughs> sake. I'm uh, more um, than you yet. Yeah, you, you, you said you were going to be all over it like a rash. You, you know, this we rash. Have, is... We only have twelve people on there right now. They've seen three posts from me in three days. And we're, we're 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 up to seventeen now. Uh, uh, please join us, listeners and viewers, on the Facebook group. Uh, um, so, what do you reckon, John? I that would involve bit... using Facebook. Well, that's why we haven't. That's why I haven't talked to you about it. Because, <laughs> but you're on Instagram, though. You stretched for that, uh, John. I just feel a bit spread out, thin as it is. But what do you reckon about Twitter? Oh, I I love Twitter, but um, th- this this article is about uh, Spaces, which is similar to Clubhouse. If I got that right, yeah. The, su- the super follows, which is similar to Patreon. I I can't see that taking off because uh, I mean the whole appeal of Twitter is you can just put stuff out there and interact. I, I think it would be, you know, cutting the virality off to um try and charge people for special tweets or whatever. Uh and then the other thing, the fleets. I you know I, I think Twitter is a, a good product, but the problem is is they have to come up with ways to monetize it. And uh, the last four or five years is the first time that they ever turned a profit and they want to keep that going so they can continue to grow. Um, So that's why you see them trying different things. I I think like Periscope is like good, but you know, it's, it's not really a way to monetize it. They have to come up with different ways uh, to make money advertising. So that's why you see this stuff. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think you're I'm not opposed to them making money. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I like Twitter. I want them. I want them to be around. But uh, yeah, everybody's sort of fighting over the same ad dollars and and trying to figure out a, a business model. And and this has been true of an awful lot of online. Well, services. I want them to. Well, actually, I want them to be successful. And I want them to find an ad model that works because. We the more competition, the more pressure. You know, at the present moment, it's totally dominated by Facebook and um, Google. So we need more platforms that can effectively compete with those two monoliths. Well, when in my mind, they need splitting up, but that's a whole another discussion. So uh, I think we're going to go for a break. We come back, got some more great stories. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, 
no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10-30% to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. Uh, Spencer's Feisty, Heather's Direct, Sally's just about with us, Vito's wondering why he's on here. And John's just my friend, and he's just forgiving me for this madness. So there we go. Uh, um, so we go before we go uh, in. Um, got Vito with us, and Vito, you got this uh, virtual WordPress summit coming up, haven't you? You've you know it sounds really exciting. You want to tell the listeners and viewers a bit about it? Yes. So uh, we're bringing back uh, the Web Agency Summit, the second year in a row. Um, amazing content. Uh, we got uh, 36 uh, uh, top expert si- uh, sessions uh, from friends and, uh, you know, friends and uh, family in the space um, that are talking about how to build and grow and thrive um, when it comes to building a freelance or a web agency uh, a business in our space. Um, that is the focus, and that is basically the differentiation between what we're trying to do and what most events in the space are doing. It's not so much about how to use the tools and uh, how to use the technologies and stuff like that. There is a bit about the main topics, but really from uh, a client, uh, from a client delivery point of view. So even if we're talking about SEO, it's why, how to optimize your client's websites. If we're talking about LMS, we have Chris. Uh, coming in and talking about uh, how to build um, an LMS uh, agency. Uh, um, And then we're going into scale and thriving, where we brought some massive agencies and and employees within agencies that are talking about how does that look like. If you're aspiring to get there, probably should know how the day-to-day looks like uh, so that you can make an educated decision. It's not for everyone. Uh, but it's really interesting to see what people that manage to build an agency of 50 people and up uh, and think when they're reflecting on their journey and all of that kind of processes. And we also managed to partner up with some massive uh, uh, brands in our space. Uh, that includes uh, from GoDaddy to, Go- to WP Engine, Elemental. You talked about Ben. 
uh, uh, is going to be speaking there as well. Uh, uh, WordPress.com, um, Groundhog, which is a friend of the show as well. Uh, so a whole bunch of uh, awesome uh, companies have joined forces with us to bring this to life. And essentially, this is the biggest event in the WordPress space. Last year, we had 5,700 attendees. Uh, while the next runner-up is around two and a half thousand. So it's like by far the biggest gathering of uh, people in our ecosystem. Uh, it's going to be a week long, the last week of this month, and it's free to join. So come on in and join the party at atarim.io forward slash summit. All right. Sounds fantastic. I will be joining it myself. All right. So let's go into the next story, and I'm going to let um, John comment on it first. And that's WordPress out of touch with publishers' needs. And John, before I throw it over to you, I've kind of um, noticed that it's also been linked to people criticising Alimator and Divi and some of the page um, builders and people saying that speed is going to be all important and they've linked it to this what this story is linked to, because um, Google's making it quite clear that speed's going to be really important. What, what, what's your view about it? Because I know that you um, keep your eye on all this really yeah. quite closely. So what's your view about all this, John? Yeah, so for people who don't know, the Core Web Vitals um, boost is something that Google has announced is dropping in May of this year. And of course, a lot of people in SEO are, you know, making it out to be like this big thing. I still believe that content and people getting to their goal is going to be the most important part. But I think there's going to be many, many factors that are still more important than this one, like links, uh, your link profile, and whether your website has a, a record of satisfying searches. Uh, I do think speed is important. Now, this particular article is talking about WordPress as itself, some people complaining. And I think it addresses a really real concern. And this has always been a weakness with WordPress, is that however people have their site set up and however they interact with WordPress, they think that that's all, you know, under the banner of WordPress, whether they have... Uh, Visual Composer, WP Bakery, or Elementor, or Gutenberg, or whether they're on a cheap host or an expensive uh, performant host, it's all WordPress to them. But it it's a tool that has a lot of different configuration possibilities. And that's that's the thing is you've always been able to build a site in many different ways. But I, I, I think this highlights something that the regular population of people who build sites for themselves can't differentiate between all these different things. Um, this said that Gutenberg is, is bloated with the different block uh, patterns and loading the different JavaScript. I saw um, a friend of the show, Curtis McHale, was talking about that... Uh, the other day on Twitter, he was mentioning that he was uh, working on a site and there were, were a whole bunch of different block plugins like in there. 
And this, this is, people are just trying to find a tool to do what they want it to do. And I think this has always been the problem with the, the DIY part of WordPress is people will just install whatever because they just want it to do what they want it to do. And that does affect performance. I mean, and not everybody can afford to go hire a web developer, you know, whenever they get it together. So that's really I, what, what I got out of this article, most of all. Oh, thanks for it. What do you reckon, Spencer? Because um, I've been no, I noticed in the past like 10, 12 days on YouTube and in the general WordPress comment ecosystem, there's been a lot of talk about all this. I mean, I would leave it to John's opinion and expertise with regard to what actually effect there, what effect there may actually be in SEO results from core vitals. But I will say I've always been preaching the end result to the user part of the equation, which is to say, I think that people with the varying degrees of devices that they interact uh, with on the internet, you know, going on the mobile phone to the desktop to the laptop to the oh the kids are on the school so now my connection speed is slow there's so many variables with the way that people interact that as long as somebody's website especially a dynamic membership or e-commerce falls into that window of it feels normal i think everything else is complete and utter bullshit and the fact that google games everybody against each other over these minutia details in their algorithm is just further emphasis of how it's almost like political control. You know, we've talked before about when they tried to make AMP a necessity. If you don't have AMP, the, the sky will fall. And yet it didn't fall when nobody did it. It's the same thing here. Like they just keep moving to another thing to focus on to get everybody geared up that somehow they're the pariah or sorry, the messiah of, of information. And we're the pariahs. And that's, it makes no difference because literally speaking of tens of thousands of clients or customers We've never seen anybody, not one person, fail to sell or not sell their products or services because of a difference of a couple seconds of their page loading. And in some cases, I've had atrociously bad hosting environments for clients that are doing seven figures of sales every year. And people are like literally sitting there watching the wheels go round to buy the product. They don't care. They want the product. So this to me is just, it's true, but... Kind of like discussing, you know, how fast does it take your text message to get to your mom or something kind of a thing? Like, is it going to matter in the end? Probably not. Yeah, I kind of, um, I was kind of so shocked by the, when I looked on some of the leading YouTube commentators in the WordPress space and, um, you know, the shots that page builders add weight. And I thought, it's, you know, these conversations get recycled. It's a bit like when Dreamweaver was out there or um, or, the, or what was the Microsoft bloody piece of crap? Um, front page. Front, that front piece page of crap. with Mr. Paperclip. Oh, God, God, I'm getting hot again. You got that picture of Matt that you can put behind <laughs> you, Spencer? That get me really, that get me really hot and bothered. He, uh, um, he, only, he only shows up like a Ouija board when you least expect it. You just oh, you God. have to summon, you have to conjure him up. Yeah, that gets me going. But it's like so. It's like it's, <laughs> it's it's back to those conversations. You know, it it will never. Well, it shouldn't be. It will never be good as as a professional web developer designer, really optimizing all the code and 
it just won't, you know. But on the other hand, if you haven't got the money, um, you know, what are you going to do? But it's the people that do have the money and they still don't want to spend it because they're so tight, you know. Uh, um, what do you reckon, Heather? What did you reckon about all this and speed and I mean, building? This is the whole thing that everyone's always, like, worried about. You, they never understand that, that I mean, they, they think their site is going to be perfect and fast, and it never is. And, and then they yell at the developer for, uh, like, when they, they were like, oh, I ran a speed check and my site got a D. <laughs> and you're like, well. You're, you're, you're the one that wanted the video in the background of the scrolling exactly. move text. You know, going across the page of the parallax movements. You know, you, you wanted to throw the kitchen sink into yeah. it. Yeah. And and you're like and you gave me all of these like twelve uh, megapixel I mean twelve gigabit images that you want fully loaded uh, and and you don't know why your site isn't running properly so I mean this is this is the uh, oh and then we of course have to put like the smush it plug in I found, here. I found that I found <laughs> I found that new Alamator library that I insist plug-in and I insist that you installed it. Well, if you if you fast us to install seven libraries and they're all loaded <laughs> in, that's why your elevator can't literally can't load itself. Uh, um, uh, oh he's gone pink. Very interesting. Yes. Although I think one thing is that um I found this article just like very snide and and uh, spiteful and and kind of unfair. Uh, I think John's take was was important that this is a common mistake that people make that you can just like go to the WordPress forum and say, my site got a bad score. Uh, uh, uh. What, 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 you know, what's, what, why is this happening? And, you know, the response from the person on the forum was, you know, it, it could have been a little more expansive, but you know, it's been like you can't answer that question without knowing everything that's on the site. Uh, Ask me why, why, why fate is there fate or is there God? You know, what, 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 uh, well, what, what, uh, yes, it's it's kind of like somebody phoning you up and saying, "What's wrong with my car?" And you're like, "I don't even know what model car it is, or what kind of trouble you're having with it." It's it, you know, some questions are hard to answer. Uh, so I think that bit was, uh, uh, you know, was kind of un unfair. Taking this, you know, uh, uh, remark as as indicating that WordPress just doesn't care, uh, you know, and and it is Google and some other places that have uh, uh, resources. Uh, there have been a lot of good articles. It's a bit, you know, I'm gonna, it's it's a bit. You get every like once a year, you get this attack on WordPress. Oh, it slows. There's better, and I think to myself, well, what do you bloody want? You're getting all these fabulous plugins. This the, the, this whole ecosystem. A lot of it is free or inexpensive, and it enables to build up something really rapidly. And I was talking to Stephen, who comes on the, who's my co-host on my interview show. And he was saying, you know, he, he worked with loads of startups and he said, 
we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars building stuff and we should have just built it in WordPress as a as a quick proof of concept. And then if we wanted to build it in whatever language afterwards, we at least we would have proved the bloody business concept actually worked. But no, we spent months building up, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of investors' money. And I just think it, I just think it's so unfair on WordPress. You're getting all this fabulous technology for, you know, pennies in the dollar where normally it would have cost you ten dollars. You know, they just they just don't put what do you reckon, um, Vito? Am I just waffling? I think that um, I, I agree with both sides because first of all, uh, there, like WordPress, when you have a, uh, an empty website, it's fast, right? And you're gonna get to green when there's nothing there. Uh, but then it becomes uh, it becomes more complicated as as you're adding things on there. Uh, but but that then this is also what's causing the problem and what's causing this perception because it's so easy to slap on. 10 different plugins that do the same thing. Like you're talking about the Elementor uh, add-ons, right? You can have like 10 different Elementor add-on plugins just because you wanted one widget from the suite of 40 that each one of them offer. Uh, so um, so then you end up in the red. Uh, so like finding the balance is what a professional should do uh, and, and actually guide the customer to tell them, no, you shouldn't be adding like seven megabytes of GIFs on the homepage because it's going to be slow, uh, which I had to have the conversation myself a few times, uh, to say the least. Uh, so um, so th- there is a balance to both sides. Uh, that being said, I believe that if you're looking at, and we are, I had this conversation with a lot of clients as well, um, once they they kind of get familiar with whatever speed testing tool, then they become obsessed. And this is just like human nature. We like to have a, a rating on everything that we do because we're trained like this in school, you know, like you got to get A. If you're not getting get A, then your dad is going to get upset, right? So uh, <laughs> maybe back uh, back at your time. Uh, yeah, maybe also a little bit of my time. Uh, so uh, so everyone wants to get to well, that. Well, you're fin- you know, if you don't get those A's, at, you know, at your A+, plus, um, a um, and then get into the right university yeah. and get the right to you know two one or honors degree. And if you don't get into the right, I, it never ends, doesn't it? Yeah. And most of most of it. Yes, bullshit. and let me tell you, you can get into the right colleges and do all of that stuff, and still end up with a life you never envisioned. <laughs> right, I, I agree. I never did that. I never went down. I never did anything standard way. Uh, um, but uh, but when it comes to these things, that's what they expect. They, they see a bar, they see a circle, they want to see it full. They see a number, they want to see it at 100. They see something red, they want to see it green. That's like our human psyche. So, um, so like uh, the professional job is to kind of manage this expectation. Um, one of the things that uh, we had to have a lot of conversations with is when WordPress introduced the site help. And then um, the website is working. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool. But we have 50 plugins, 60 plugins, because that's the functionality needed. Uh, so it's not going to be at 100%. That's just the game. You want it? Let's drop 40% of the features, 70% of the features, 
you're going to get it nice and green, uh, but then you're not going to have a business. Uh, so really, people need to take these things under pers- uh, uh, into perspective. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game of balance, but more than that, it's a game of training the client to know that these things don't mean much. Load the website. Is it fine? Cool. You know, that's really much what matters to me, at least at the end of the day. And I don't get distracted by that. Around what you said around building MVPs in WordPress, I think it's such a great idea. And a lot of people uh, don't do that. Um, uh, through the agency, we had the opportunity of doing this a few times, uh, building um, MVPs like marketplaces and uh, and membership sites and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that uh, with WordPress, which was super easy, very quick to iterate. And then uh, once uh, the cl- and once the, the 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 model was proven, we pass them on to an agency that builds stuff in Laravel, that builds stuff in React and things like that, where, where it, uh, you can actually spend a hundred grand without getting to any result. Yeah, it's, a, it's just it's so obvious why, you know, being a, it, it's still resisted in the startup community um, to some degree. And um, it's, um, I'm going to go. It's because we're not cool enough. I, I do want to put in one thing here that, that it, I had actually read before I saw this article, which is that in uh, Gutenberg 10.1, uh, uh, <clears throat> we are actually going to do what, mind you, they should have done uh, from the beginning. CSS styles are only loaded for blocks used on a page. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, so uh, that will uh, reduce some of the bloat. And uh, I'm all in favor of that. Uh <clears throat> So, well, Alamator, you know, part, you know, hopefully, um, part of my discussion with Ben that's hopefully it's going to be coming up in the near future is Alamator. I think they understand they're going to have to focus a lot more on performance. And one of the things is you need do need a mechanism like what Vito says you load, you tend to have to load up a whole third party Alamator library because you just want that one widget. Uh, that does a does that thing that you really like, but you need some ability to switch off all the rest of it because otherwise it just uh, if you keep loading these libraries in it just it just ends up as treacle, doesn't it, Peter? It's ironic too because the uh, the library of Elementor, having worked with it now, is actually very extensible to yeah. allow. Switches, you know, you'll see in a lot of the add-ons for Elementor that they have an option panel where you can check the boxes to turn on and off the various add-ons. And the core library of Elementor or Elementor Pro could easily do that if they wanted. And uh, they can also have additional options to simplify, let's say, like those optimization plugins. Should this even load on a page? Because quite frankly, that's the biggest downside of uh, any of the page builders or even Divi is that, hey, I'm, I, there's, I got no page builder needs here. And yet, when you look in the header and footer, all the JavaScript and jQuery and all the other fonts and so forth are still there. And, um, but but the I see that the as, a balance, as a balance from the, from the product maker point of view, because imagine this happening uh, that uh, it doesn't load. And then what? You get like a, a hundred thousand yeah, right. tickets. People. Say I mean, it definitely. It definitely. It, even as it is now, as I would say, somebody who is very proficient, I can say maybe expert in using it. There's still an enormous wealth of tricks you need to have under your belt, especially with things like Elementor having the default kit for the styling, the global styles. 
uh, 50% of our clients delete that kit accidentally because it shows up in the normal template library. And when that happens, everything stops loading and you need to know that or understand it. So there's, it's kind of like anything. I've heard of stories like with the Tesla, you know, the self-driving car, that it's got self-driving, but it's not self-driving by default. So you have to actually enable it by paying the premium. So if you get the car, you think it's self-driving, and then you drive up to a schoolyard and just blow up to a stop sign, it will run over the kid if you haven't paid the extra premium to have it enabled. That kind of what behavior happens, is... What happens if the subscription laps? That's what I'm saying. That's the kind of stuff where there's like... I'm, I'm you listening, I'm, you're listening to this, Heather. There's an assumption of, of like a feature being a certain way, but then because of the various games of how it's presented, like Gutenberg. Gutenberg, why is it even now that the link to view a page that I just created is not visible at the top like the normal editors? I have to go into a submenu. Those kind you of just have to change the settings so you see the the oh please uh, admin. You, you know whatever the point of the story is like certain things used to be skeuomorphic when the great late G Steve Jobs was around. You looked at a, a picture of a book and opened up the book thing. Um, maybe old fashioned, but I just like the idea that things don't require a secret insider knowledge to make it work. But you, that's exactly what you're saying. Like if you want to get uh, if you want to get flexibility, then you got to get deep on on settings. Uh, and then like in most cases. This just creates additional um, additional hassle for both sides because then you got to go to the settings and make sure that you see the URL instead of everyone seeing this the URL. I but, mean, to your to your point, which I agree with, the default would be everything's on, and then for those in the knowledge in the developer docs, oh, here's how I can optimize it, but I don't have to go outside to optimize. I would agree that would be the logical thing. You know, everything's just on and set up. But those decisions are easier for a company like an Elementor because. Ben and his team seem very, very, very involved in the user experience. And even when they make a mistake, they admit it and move on. Whereas we're seeing that sort of opposite passive aggressiveness from the automatic thing with regard to the Gutenberg and so forth. Either way, it doesn't matter because I, I find all this conversation fascinating. But I also remember like yesterday when we were all talking about Flash, right? Or Macromedia or all these things that have come and gone and come and gone. And in two years from now, we're not going to be on browsers like we're okay, maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit, you know, we're going to be on some well, other kind of, you know, th even the Twitter co uh, conversation. I agreed with Heather. I didn't have a comment at the time, but like, I think Twitter is an amazing tool to reach your audience to just say, here's what's new. But I feel that it's evolved into something that it has to be more authentic and also you as the individual really have to have certain constraints about it, right? So people can abuse Twitter now by being something they're not and being bots. If it's literally Spencer Foreman validated, that is absolutely me and I'm going on public record, what an amazing tool. But for the 99% of what it's being used for, it's some jackass with a fake profile trying to stir up trouble. And so those things have to evolve and I think that's what we're dealing with now. You know? yeah. Well, I, I want I want to get to at least four of these stories, and so I'm going to move. I'm going to move on to the next story. It might be a little bit longer. If one of if the panelists need to drop out, I totally understand. But I want to cover at least four or five of these stories. Uh, um, on to the next one. New, all right, oh, decided. <laughs> new EU right to repair laws required technology for the last decade. This is a story that you suggested, um, Spencer. Um, right. What did you like about this one? 
So um, I like to be handy. I've always, you know, I built houses for a living. I like to repair stuff. Um, I'm a fan of this guy, Lewis Rossman on YouTube, who is a uh, certified Apple repairman. He's very outspoken. He lives in New York City. He is hilarious. About, he's hilarious. And he's got his cats. But the point is that there's, the been, there has been a trend which has gotten worse in the United mm -hmm. States in particular, led by companies like Apple, but also the major manufacturers. And Tesla, Tesla, pretty is a major, a major violator of this. But I'm, I'm talking like, and there needs to be a distinction here. I give Tesla benefit of the doubt about something to do with the braking system. You should keep people out of there of a car versus you bought a $1,200 iPhone and now you have a serialized lockdown to the board screen that you can no longer get replaced at your local repair person. But the point is that it's reached a point of madness where whether it be a John Deere tractor or your iPhone or your laptop, where they just keep pumping out more and more lockdown electronics, even for things that they know will disappear and break like a battery. So it used to be every phone, you could just replace the battery and that was good for everybody. Now, you either can't get to it, you're not allowed to get to it, or it's serialized in a way that literally it won't work unless it comes from the factory. So the EU, as much as I am annoyed by their other laws, like GDPR and cookies and all the rest of the stuff, this actually was progressive, and I think the United States has to follow suit. Some states have done so to say, if you are going to make an electronic product, you must, must provide all the schematics make it possible to fix and repair it, whether or not you're the certified people or not, and give people that choice. Because once they've paid for the product, it's ludicrous for most consumer things that they are literally prevented from doing basic repair. And it's bad for everybody because like a phone or a, 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 something with a battery, you got to throw it in the dumpster now. I mean... Yeah, but it just kind of makes you... It's just amazing, really, isn't it? They, but like Apple, they must have looked at all the, you know, all the figures. But the bad feeling this produced, and in the end, the political um, pushback that it's bound to produce, you think to yourself, why did you decide to go down that road? But they, like I say, they must have looked at all the for figures. They did it for money and to control. Yeah, well, the yeah, I mean, I, I reread um, Brave New World recently since, you know, my husband was watching the TV series. Uh, and something that I hadn't remembered from it was the way that they emphasized disposable items, right? Uh, old things are bad, new things are good. Uh, you know, everything is designed to, to be thrown away because we need people to consume all the time. And I was like, wow, yes, that was really prophetic because that is what has happened uh, with a lot of our technology. And uh, it, it is, uh, you know, because God forbid things last. And I mean, 10 years is a long time for something like a phone or a computer because the technology evolves so much that you might not want to keep it for 10 years. But, you know, if you can't make a freaking washing machine that lasts even five years, uh, that really seems like a, uh, like a problem. And the, you know, locking things down in such a way as to as to try to force you, it's like, look, either you build a new version of the phone that is enticing enough that everybody will run out and buy it voluntarily, or you know, STFU, and, and let people uh, go on using their old one 
uh, as long as they can. It's not even the first person. It's the secondary market. So, for example, when I was in real estate with the older washing machines and dryers, there was a guy in town that would take them away for free, which was a pain in the ass for people who did buy the newest, latest, greatest. They would fix it up with parts and sell it to the secondary market, like rental owners or in a Yes, so. like landlords. You, you I, got that's this, where mine got everything. Like, if you think about it, you got this entire universe, billions of people around the world now who don't have even an iPhone 3 yet or 4. And I'm not saying that they can all operate. Some of them go out of date with the software. But if you've got something that could be fixed, I see, for fascination, I see these amazing stories on YouTube of like a guy in a, in a village in Pakistan who's literally taking apart a Ford truck starter motor and rebuilding it from scratch because for them, it's impossible to find the part or to be able to pay for it. Yeah, if, right. you if, if you can't do that stuff, then we're just basically saying F you to everybody below the first buyer. Yeah. yeah. So what do you reckon, Heather? You know, do you think this is a path that will just continue? I just feel that now that there's a lot of kickback, there's a lot of pushback on all what Tesla, Apple's, you know, a number of tech companies, you know, saying you can't even touch this and you can't even upgrade it, you know. You bought it, for God's sake. It was your bloody dollars that bought it. Well, I mean, there's there's the you can't touch it and you can't change it, but all they're saying when you do that is that it's going to be out of warranty. And, and they, they don't want anything to do with it. But I mean, people are always going to jailbreak things. People, I mean, like, like the Africa thing, like um, I, f- I remember the first time I went to Panama, um, I, I saw all of these New York City school buses um, from, from like the 70s that were down there. And those are what people use as their normal transit buses. And I'm like, oh, and, and the first time I was in, um, in Africa, and I was flying on, an, on a plane that was from the 50s. And this was like what they use as the planes. So it's like, oh, like these things just keep getting reused around the world. Like a cruise ship in uh, like from a cruise line in Italy was sold from like uh, the when they're brand new in the, the Caribbean, they they get sold to somebody else. And they get reused and reused and reused. And why not that with TVs? Why not that with refrigerators? Like there's like I mean, my my grandmother had her same refrigerator from like the first one she ever bought that just kept getting reused, and people still do that. Like I when, mean, when when my father bought his house, the, the refrigerator was older than I was. Uh it, you had to def, you had to defrost it yourself. Uh, and, uh, you know, but it kept running. It kept running for another, like, probably 10 years before he finally got a modern fridge. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, there there are people that look at us funny. I mean, like, I had a TV that I bought. I mean, it was one of the LCDs and or LEDs, like the, the brand new kind. And um, I got rid of it because I just didn't want to bother fixing it myself, but because like it just wasn't turning on. And I knew I could have fixed it if I bothered, but I mean, like it was only like 120 bucks. And for me, like that was nothing, but like I gave it to, to a kid to fix. And I was like, Hey, you fix it. It's yours. And then this was a project for them and they did fix it. And now they suddenly had like a 40 inch TV and they were really excited. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think you should be able to fix it. I don't think that the companies should support it. So that's all this is about. 
Well, they they really seem to. I mean, the, the, the well, stories you hear from the repair people are, yeah. are that like Apple has come after them to try to force yeah, them not the to do it point, and go out yeah. of business. It's not. Yeah, it, that's, it's not that's, simply the you will. They've avoid serialized the, warranty, the parts, which is too. totally legit. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they, 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 it's not. It's not solely that heavy. It's that they they they're making it practically impossible. They're actively making it impossible for people to repair their kit. It's not only it's not that they're saying, well, your warranty, you, you know, we we're not gonna touch it anymore if you open the case. They're actively pursuing policies to stop other people from repairing it. That's the problem, isn't it, ever? Well, I think at some point they should just say, like, okay, well, we don't really care. Like once something's obsoleted, they should not care anymore. Uh, they should they should just say like okay if you have an iPhone six we don't care if you repair it if you have an iPhone eleven then we do care um, so like if something's obsoleted go ahead and repair it the problem that they're doing now with the hard oh he's gone Somebody's... whoops oh that oh, that wasn't you muting him yes no, Spencer's dropped yeah this guy does doesn't um, do that in the web oh he's back he's back again. Am I oh, back? You're Am back. Yeah. So what the problem becomes from is that they've started down the path of <clears throat> hardware, um, first of all, serialized parts and locking down all the components. And so, for example, like with the laptops, since the 2016 model, they've started making it that no components are replaceable at all. So you have to replace the entire motherboard, the chip for the memory and so forth. In the phones, they've, in the latest incarnation, serialized commonly broken parts. So for example, if your camera breaks or if your screen breaks, it used to be you'd go to any Tom, Dick and Harry and they'd replace it. And it was inexpensive, 50 bucks. Now you can't do that because it is literally in the operating system of the new iPhone that the serial number for the part has to match or it fails to work. That is nefarious because that means that down the road, nobody could be a second or third repair person because Apple just doesn't make the parts. They won't give them the parts, even if they had them. And that's what has to stop. And I think that's where this really becomes the focal point of before it gets farther down the road, where we have five years of crap that nobody can work with, we need to stop this behavior and say, look, if you make proprietary stuff, you have to agree in advance that the parts are available, the diagrams are available, people can do what they want with it. Ta-da. All right, I want to go on and finish with story five and then quickly wrap this up. But I, I did want to cover story five. You're not really building an LMS. You're building an online course. Now, I'm going to throw this over to Spencer. Give you, I found this article from Chris Lemmer, extremely irritating, Spencer. Uh, um, can you understand why I found it a bit irritating or what was your own view about the article? Well, I mean, first of all, Chris is very well known and he's very popular. Um, everybody needs to have an opinion. I do find that there are times that I don't agree with his recommendations, but I respect the fact that he comes at it from the standpoint of an example. I think that the basis for the, the conversational disagreement is that and, and I do find there's some truth to it. Some people, if you have an LMS, only need one out of the 10 features that it can deliver. And so in that sense, like, I ask people, do you, and even in WP Launchify thing, it's like, what are you trying to do here? If they've only got like four videos and they just want to protect it, 
it's really a membership site to get the four videos. It's not a learning management system. It's not an online education thing. On the other hand, if you have four courses with 40 lessons and quizzes and, you know, groups and all, you need an LMS. You need a learning management system. So it's kind of like uh, kitchen appliances. Do you need just a spatula or do you need a blender or do you need a food processor? I mean, they kind of all do the same thing, but you don't really call them the same tool, even though technically they're doing just stirring. The thing I um, I found really frustrating is he's got this person calling him Spencer, and this person, the first thing that, well, I can only go by what what Chris um, described the conversation, that individual starting to talk about Kajabi in the first one sentence. Well, if somebody is looking at a platform of the um, level of Kajabi, then they're not they're they're looking at all the other elements that Kajabi brings to the table. You know the marketing. Are you sure? Are Are you sure? Because uh, they could just be like, "Oh, I heard about this Kajabi thing, and I want to offer some courses." Versus really thinking about yeah. everything that it that it does and what's involved in it. I mean, I I think Chris is absolutely right to say, you know, first get to that point of what is it you're really trying to do? And, and uh, you know, one of the nice things about WP Launchify is that it helps you break down. What are you really trying to do that, that you need stuff for? Uh, the thing that annoyed me about, about the article was that the last article I read by him was a, like, you know, uh, best uh, learning management uh, tools in 2021 with a, you know, fairly strong push for the most expensive one. Uh, uh, so it just seems kind of uh, self-contradictory. Um, well, it, then I want to get on to the real thing that, uh, which I wasn't realizing as I, as I, as I was reading it, I was getting hotter under the collar, and then I realized what was the real thing that was concerning me, and it's basically that um, you know I get sponsors for the show, um, like Adam from WP Crafter. His whole business, well, part of his business, his initial business model was um, affiliate marketing. But um, And Adam can be a bit of a handful when he wants, wants to be, but at least he makes it totally clear um, in his videos and in his posts that he is making income from affiliate marketing. Um, unfortunately, Chris Lemmer, Chris, you, you don't make it clear that you have business connections with a lot of the products that you're pushing. Um, it's fine to make money from affiliate marketing, but you're but I feel morally you've got to make it really clear that you're making that you have a strong business connection with the thing that you're recommending. What do you reckon, Vito? Or am I, I, or I, or am I being a bit proletarian and, and yeah. you know, just knocking Chris Lemmer, you know? So first of all, there is a disclaimer at the bottom of the article straight away that says, uh, this post may contain affiliate links and uh, explains what that is, what is his policy around this and so on, disclosure. Well, okay, I got to inspect that to see exactly what, what size that font is. Yeah, I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody's confused, and I don't think he needs. So what I, I think I don't think he needs to be criticized for that because everybody knows that Chris is in the business of doing affiliate marketing. That's the problem. Well, even if they yeah. don't know, like, why does it matter? 
it doesn't, know, right? It doesn't. Uh, someone create create a, bit, a piece of content uh, uh, that uh, he has the power to invite people if they need what he's talking about. They need a solution. What does it matter if he's gonna take a few bucks from it? That's my that's my biggest kind of uh, a piece of about this entire uh, um, thing about affiliate marketing. You know, like I haven't I haven't used affiliate links in a, in a long time. We have a lot of people that are using our affiliate links uh, in all kinds of ways. But when I really first started, I was selling uh, fiats on Google Ads on Facebook and Facebook ads. You know, with affiliates and was making. A nice living as a 20-year-old. Uh, so, um, I, like, if someone wanted the fiat, what's the problem? That's the whole thing. Uh, so, from that point, I don't, I never, I, I always get, like, a bit, uh, you said, the, how did you say, like, hot around the, 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 the collar? I liked that term. Uh, um, when I when well, I got very bunctious and I started po- posted on the group and I made a video which I decided to take down and I really got no, my I'm high holes because there uh, I thought myself, you're really pushing this, Chris, to the limit, and I've just found it a bit irritating. So I, I don't see anything wrong about this. If someone is uh, actually needing to uh, to get those tools, and uh, so if Chris introduce them to those tools and they need it right now and they click the link, kudos to him. And uh, uh, everyone wins really with affiliate marketing. Uh, the guy that wrote the content, the guy that needed the tool and the company that created it. Uh, uh, so um, so I don't see, there is no additional price or anything there. Around the content of it, I also agree with Chris really, uh, because um, a, a lot of times we would end up with clients that come to us with um, a, a, a misperception of what they really need. You know, like uh, someone told them that they need this or that they needed that. Maybe it had affiliate links. I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, uh, but someone told them that they needed uh, Kajabi in this instance. Uh, but really, they didn't. They just needed, yeah. uh, maybe even they just needed a Vimeo account with a locked password, you know. Uh, and, and so they... Say, they would save a lot of money and a lot of headaches setting things up. Uh, so getting to the real why with a client uh, is something that I will always uh, advocate for. Uh, I think it's very important uh, because, uh, you know, to us, see, things seem obvious. But, uh, uh, but like, you know, like with a mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you would go there and you say, like, I don't know, this car is just... It's just crap, you know, and it's like... No, yeah. you, made a really good, you made a really good point there, which I, I really should have taken into account, is that Kajabi themselves are experts in marketing and um, they've got an enormous crowd on YouTube and on the internet pushing Kajabi as the, as the all-embracing solution if you're looking... To build a membership site, and you don't maybe half the time you don't you don't need it, do you? You know, yeah. maybe it's overkill. Like what Spencer said, there. You, sometimes you need like Elementor with seventy plugins and all of that kind of stuff, and sometimes you just need a landing page that is exported with, to a, to a static HTML, and that's it. You're golden. Uh, so, so Spencer, so Spencer, how do you oops, how do you deal with that when it comes to your You've been preaching this stack approach, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, modulizing it. And you've got these le- Lego bricks, as you put it. 
But what happens if they they really don't need that stack? You know, well, it, 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 we were just talking about it. It's really a logical process. So over these last 14 years of interacting with so many individuals, both as an educator as well as one-on-one, -on -one, it's really no different than being a doctor, right? You have a process. It hurts when I go like this. You right. call the doctor. The doctor says, why are you coming in? I have a pain in my shoulder. Then there's a triage. You know, do I talk to you first or the other person? Then you ask a series of questions. But the biggest difference about how this works in the latest days, which is what I'm so excited about, is there was the transitional phase from, let's say, the early 2000s up until 2014, where the components did not exist off the shelf to accomplish what you wanted. Then it went into the stage where the components existed in large numbers, but they were in the wrong spot. They were based on the theme or based upon something that wasn't really modular. But now we live in a place where all of the components are at the Lego block level. So the biggest problems, shiny ball syndrome, Frankenstein monster, comes from people taking or get, giving advice about things from four years ago recommending like a plugin that gets in the way of five other new modules or components. And then the person ends up with a ton of extra confusion and pain. And this also applies to cross-platform. So I can't tell you how many people come to me and I start asking them, okay, what do you want to accomplish? What are the things you're using? And they've got Kajabi mixed with Salesforce, mixed with a Zapier connected to this thing over here with a plugin. And then I've got a membership thing connected with four different ways to take the money. I'm like, stop, stop. Okay, when you go to the Lego store, you, you buy a kit for yourself, your kid. It has the certain shape, they all snap together and they work in a certain way. Ikea, same way. Well, here in WordPress, that's what we're doing with WP Launchify. We're saying, let us help you figure out what you really want so that it's very clear for your own benefit that you maybe don't need the whole LMS. Maybe all you need is just a way to host a video, take money, and do the following. And you can do it for yourself, or you can get help to do the further steps, but it's always going to be no code, no design. Very few times have we ever had to break that rule lately, which again is another pleasant change from the early days, where when I met you, John, you were a student of mine at the time of how to build the thing with bootstrap and HTML and PHP. It's like, we don't melt plastic anymore or carve furniture out of wood. We simply know, don't use this tool with that tool anymore because there's a different way to do it. And a lot of it has to do marketing automation. A lot of it has to do with streamlining, SEO, picking the proper plugin like Rank Math instead of Yoast and so forth. And although people can get surprised and annoyed that they've taken bad advice from other people, I tell them, don't feel bad because... This thing, well, is, moving. Just opinion. This just thing opinion. is moving at light speed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what's true today is going to be different tomorrow. And that's the point. It's so exciting in WordPress. But don't buy into the bullshit that Jetpack is your savior or somebody told you something wrong because they're a bad person. They told you what they know. And that's what they knew at the time. But like hooking a wagon up to your Tesla, that would be ridiculous abandon the old stuff, move on to the new stuff. So that's how well, it works. I, I just want, well, let's wrap this up with our recommendations. And what was my recommendation? Let's do a quick look. Um, I forgot myself. Um, well, it's um, it's Jeff Herring, and he's got a website, and he's, um, he's a bit of an expert on content marketing. I've listened to a few of his videos and that, 
And I think if you're interested in content marketing um, on the internet and you know nothing about it, have a look at some of his videos and go to his website and you might get some value from that. So, Vito, have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Can I uh, do another plug for the event next week? Of course you can. And put the put the link, put the link, the link in, in, into and, chat. Though, uh, right? Yeah, come on in. Uh, Join the party. Uh, thousands of freelancers and agencies are all coming there to learn how to grow and scale their business uh, in the biggest gathering uh, in the WordPress space, atarim.io forward slash summit. I don't know how the bloody hell you've managed to do all this. You know, relaunch your main product, then this. So if you're up like 24 hours, well, you are up 24 hours a day because you've got a new baby, haven't you? So I suppose that's why you've done all this. Uh, Rob, there we go. Uh, Rob, Sally, got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Uh, yes. Uh, it's called a Font Style Matcher. Uh, and this is a nice tool uh, that lets you adjust things like your font size and your line height and your weight and your letter spacing and so on so that your chosen web font and your fallback font actually don't have a bunch of shift in them. So, you know, it's, it's a bit tinkery, uh, but it's a uh, uh, it's kind of a fun tool uh, to see, you know, how close you can get uh, their defaults are like Georgia is your fallback font. Meriwether is your is your Google font. And so uh, if you are dealing with that cumulative layout shift on your fonts, uh, this is a good place to to go. Oh, that's cool, sure cool. That's, I like that. Uh, make sure that's in chat. Uh, have a look at that. So, yeah. John, have you got anything to recommend to the listeners? Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to recommend, uh, this is meteoron.com slash plugins. Uh, Ron Hirika, uh from the WordPress community. He does not get nearly the amount of attention that he deserves, but he has a couple of cool plugins. He has custom query blocks. Which is uh, awesome. Highlight and share, MetroNet tag manager, um, reorder posts, simple comment editing. He's got a lot of like different cool things here. So please come check these out and support him. He is a really good dude. So well, well make sure that I'll make sure it, make sure the links in it's in chat, there. And, I'll, and I'll make sure it's in the. Um, you can find all the links and the recommendation of the panel in the show notes on the WP Tonic website. That's normally up over the weekend. So on the Monday, it's available with the podcast. So don't worry, listeners and viewers. You just need to go to the WP website and you'll be able to get the link to whatever the panel um, is recommending. So, Spencer, what's your recommendation if you got one? Yeah, I'm going to recommend that single file. I was calling it something else, one page. It's called single file. It's a Chrome extension, and it allows you to take a page built with anything, save it as a single HTML. All you need to do if you've got a WordPress you site. Do that guy. You do that guy. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, you can take the whole block, and then what you'll need to do is just make a new page, and preferably with your theme, use like your no header footer part of your theme plop the HTML in there on that page, and ta-da, you've got a page that will load like greased lightning as a static file, and it has all the components. There are very few things that will break if you just have like your basics buttons and videos, but in some cases, you may have a problem with like, you know, YouTube embeds or something. But for a lot of landing pages, that's a great way to get a mix of the old and the new worlds uh, to turn off that whole 
conversation. Um, I do recommend too, since you said for free, anybody who's listening should go to wplaunchify.com and just go use the free evaluation tool to figure out if you need an LMS or if you just need certain plugins, uh, because that's the kind of thing that we think will help almost everybody, whether you're an independent um, site owner or you're an agent of some kind. Now, I think on reflection, I have to modify my little piece on the um, group because I think on, especially with Vito's uh, analysation of it, I probably got over touchy about it, really. Um, But that's why I wanted to bring it up. But thanks for that, Vito. So, Vito, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, Come uh, uh, to the summit, first of all. (laughs) But... uh... You can also find me on Twitter, Vito Peleg, uh, or visit our website at atarim.io. Um, Sally, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? I am at Sally Getch on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and you can find me at wpfangirl.com. And John, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Two places, my YouTube channel, uh, just search for Lockdown SEO or John Lock SEO and, or go to my website, lockdownseo.com. And Spencer, how can people f- find out more about you and your thoughts and what you're up to? <laughs> Come on by the house. Um, otherwise, uh, launchflows.com, wplaunchify.com or wpfusion.com. That's great. It's been a mega, mega episode. Uh, one of the panelists had to leave for obvious reasons, um, but we, I thought it was a superb discussion. Hopefully you can join us next week where we'll be looking at all the latest WordPress stories and tech stories with another great panel. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 